Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Sunday evening, Monday morning. Glad you've joined us at supertalk.net. Our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. They were feeling it today on Twitter was uh, uh, Strange Brew, which is an always, it's like almost an everyday occurrence, but they were in that, they were, they were in the same zone that MSU's pitchers were in today. And, of course, you should follow them on Twitter, not just for the laughs, but because they're always tweeting out a lot of great stuff. And, of course, that's how you find out when it's Stranger Appreciation Day, and then you get some great discounts, which, you know, they don't, they, don't, they don't hold to a calendar on that. It could be any day. It really could. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. I don't know the answers to that. I'm not trying to tease anything here. I'm just telling you right now. So, Strange Brew Coffee House, you know that's the place. The weather this weekend was fantastic. So, make sure you're heading over there. Getting uh, getting your your, your 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 hot drinks, your cold drinks, whatever it is. We're getting close to frozen treat time. That's that's now we're getting into ice cream world, Joel. Which is I don't know if you're aware of this, one of my favorite places to be. Yeah, you you're, you're a big ice cream fan, I hear. You hear correct. <laughs> to, to quote Tubbs from Miami Vice, you heard right. <laughs> so Strange Brew, Churn and Spoon, they've been with us forever. We always love them. We love them the most. Yeah. Sponsors are supposed to be like, sort of like your kids. Yeah, you're supposed to love them all more. equally. Uh, we all know that you don't. Well, you know, to, to be fair here, I mean, they, they, they've been around a while. They're, they're the oldest. They're my oldest. They're my firstborn. Yeah, they, they so, taught you things. So there you go. What we've just told you is if, if any of our children are listening, we've just told you something there, probably. <laughs> anyway, moving on. College Corner. Love them, too. Uh, this weekend, you know, I, I didn't see a maroon is all that matters shirt, but I did see some people in some sharp new maroon and white logo wear. I hope that you got it at College Corner because that is Mississippi's best and biggest selection of MSU merchandise, especially in central Mississippi. Two locations to serve you down there. They're in Jackson, Asheville, or you can just shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Peruse the aisles without leaving your house and get yourself some brand new MSU gear at College Corner. Hopefully, with the weather being so great, you're going to be wanting to dine here in Starkville and dining outside. And, man, there's not a lot of better patios in town than the one over at Humble Taco. And what a great menu they have to offer. A little bit of everything. It's not traditional Mexican. It is Mexican uh, fare with Mississippi roots. They've got the Mexican smoked wings over there. they got a lot of vegan and vegetarian options. Now, you know, Joel, it's not exactly up my alley. But... Like ice cream, I hear you're a big fan of meat. I feel like now. I feel like it's getting a little personal now. I got to be honest with you. Well, I'm with you. <laughs> okay, I'm with you. Okay, well, at least on the meat part. Well, I'm just saying that they have a lot of great options there. If you are a vegetarian or a vegan, so you don't have to feel left out. You can eat a great meal at Humble Taco. A lot of great drink specials as well. Specials: margaritas on tap, white wine, red wine, plenty of beers, including a list of Mississippi craft beers. I'm telling you, there's so much Mississippi on this menu. You would never know it was a Mexican restaurant. If I just showed, showed you the, the places they're, they're getting ingredients from, you would think this was just another you know place where you're getting fried chicken and, 
and, and, and things like that. But it's not. It's a great local Mexican restaurant. So head over to Humble Taco today and grab yourself some delicious... Oh, Joel wants the menu. He's getting excited over here. What did you see? I was see? trying to read... Uh... What'd you see? I'm, I'm a what big caught, fan. Of, I'm a big eye. fan of like burrito bowls, and yeah. I saw the oh. humble bowl, and so I was trying very, to read what was in it. Very popular over there, keto friendly. It's got Joel. That's right up your alley, is what it is. Yes, it is. But I'm telling you, you could eat there and eat a good, healthy meal, or you can splurge and just get down with it. One, you're one way or the other Ooh. at Humble. Which, what, what, Joel's and, getting excited. Yeah, I am because I was reading the Humble Bowl, and you can add smoked pork, grilled steak, shrimp, fried, or grilled chicken to your Humble Bowl. Joel. Let's go to Humble Taco this week, and let's get you a Humble Bowl. You in? I may not be too humble. Once I get it, be bragging, what, you know? What day? We're going to set the day for this, because if we don't do if we just try to make it happen, it won't happen. Well, I don't, I'm going to yeah. have to. Now you got to tell me. Well, what I have day. coordination to do. I understand. If we're going to do That's this. why you're the one who has to coordinate. But you're going to tell me, tomorrow, when we record tomorrow, you're going to tell me what day we're going to Humble Taco. Okay. All right, then. Let's make it happen. All right, let's get into the, uh, the show. A lot to talk about today. We've got a lot of we got a little basketball, we got a little recruiting, we got a lot of baseball to talk about, and we got some history to talk about. A no hitter thrown by Mississippi State, the first one since 1999. Uh, four person no hitter led by Jackson Fristo, who was more than no hit; he was perfect. 18 up and 18 down for Fristo in six innings. Then Landon Sims, uh, um, Mikey Tepper, who I am really impressed with, and. Uh, Cameron Tuller getting the last uh, out there of the game, a four-pitcher no-hitter. Mississippi State takes the rubber game of the series, 13-0. Uh, they won Friday, lost Saturday. I want to go back to the Saturday game for sure, but Sunday was an interesting game. You always talk about bounce-back Sunday when you lose on Saturday and things like that. State makes a couple of changes to the lineup. They move Cam James over to third. They let uh, Lane Forsythe get his first start of the year. He had a nice game, a couple of hits. And of course, had the game-saving catch uh, there at the end. They moved some guys up and down in the order, and it worked. 13 runs on 16 hits. Even the outs, I know you weren't there, but even the outs, were. there were a lot of line drive balls. Was able to see that courtesy of SEC Network Plus, though. Saw, you listened to the great Bart Gregory and Charlie Winfield. That I did. And... I just I, I thought State, and somebody pointed this out on Twitter. I think it was uh, one of our, our friends, Ryan Pace, pointed this out, that they just looked like a totally different team on Sunday than what they looked like on Saturday when literally nothing went their way. I mean, it, it showed a, a quality in this team that they didn't let one game, you know, hang their heads. I mean, there's something to be said for that. Saturday was one of those kinds of losses that if you let it, it could really get into your head. I thought it was huge on Saturday that Mississippi State came out, gets two on with nobody out immediately in the bottom of the first. Mm-hmm. I mean, you if State doesn't cash in there and get something, mm-hmm. and they go back to the they go second inning, 0-0, zero, zero, you may have seen a completely different ball game than what you ended up seeing. Mm-hmm. But I thought Cam James delivering the RBI single in the first inning to go ahead and, and put a run up on the board, and for the first time in what seems like forever, for the first time in forever, and then like a, a frozen. It is. Or something. It is. Uh, I heard it this weekend. One, one of the boys was watching. Anyway, right. uh, it felt like State was playing. Well, it felt like because they were playing from ahead. They have been playing from behind so much and lately. Lotus and addressed that a, in post. There's a lot. Uh, of reasons for that, mainly the fact State starting pitching outside of Jackson Fristo, who 
goodness gracious, who would have, you know, coming into the year, you got three guys that may be first round MLB draft guys in your weekend rotation. Who's the most consistent of all of them? None of them. Jackson Fristo, the freshman, freshman, just looks, well, he looked dominant on Sunday. No other way to say it. Just filled up the zone, strike after strike, eight strikeouts, I believe, over six innings. Um, he allowed, he, you know, he, he puts up a zero and then he ended up putting up five more. But then you just get a run in the first, you get a run in the second, I think you get a run in the third. I think State scored in all but two innings in which they came to the plate. They just tacked on all day long. I thought it was huge that State immediately washed Saturday, got a one nothing lead, and then just kept adding on. And, uh, I don't know, it's almost like a cleansing win on Sunday to kind of almost shake off all the the things that have kind of plagued you over the first few games. Not that State was in a terrible spot anyway. I mean, they come into the day 7-3. and three. Mm-hmm. You know, it could have been a lot worse. But, you know, the inconsistent hitting, well, I think he had 11 different guys get at least one hit on Sunday. Yeah. That was fixed. That's correct. Defensively, yeah. you saw a ton – I mean – McGowan and left. What a play. Lays out, dive and catch. We talked about it before we went on air. Brennan Pimentel maybe had the the most difficult play to make all day on a ball hit down the first baseline, goes off the bag, and he somehow adjusts and gets it and, and beats the man to first. Um, Forsyth's catch to end it. Some of the defensive lapses that you've seen, you know, you kind of wash that away with some of the plays that you made on, on Sunday. And then, of course, the pitching staff. You get a, the best start of the year from anyone, and, and the bullpen just does its part too. Just a cleansing win, and you yeah. feel completely different as we sit here on what's fixing to be, and as you're listening, it is, Monday morning. A lot different feel on Monday morning than you had on Sunday morning. Yeah, This team completely turned it around with that. It, baseball, one game, you can't read a ton of it, but it says a lot about this team to bounce back from Saturday like they did with that kind of performance on Sunday. Yeah, and I totally agree with what you said there about getting that, that first run on the board. Because, you know, you, you felt like they got two on, nobody out. They, they have to get something here. And especially after you had gotten a one, two, three inning to start, it, it felt like, you know, this will set the stage for the rest of this game. If they don't get a run here, it's going to be a little back and forth. But by getting the run, they immediately, they jumped on top. They got control of the ball game. They, and they tacked on, you know, they scored in the second and the third. They didn't score in the fourth, but then they, they blew it out open in, into the fifth. And, of course, when you combine that with your getting complete one, two, three innings out of – I mean, you just can't ask for anything more. So, yeah, the way you describe it, a, clen- a palate cleanser, that's exactly what it was. Because you're right. Coming into Sunday, you, you were worried. You're like, man, this team really did not play well on Saturday. You had a second subpar start in a row from Sarantola. Uh, your bullpen was not untouchable the way it was Friday night. Um, you, you know, you had some concerns. Um, and, and did not have any timely hitting – on on Saturday at all, yeah. So yeah, and, and don't don't make any mistake about it. Now, the, the one win didn't suddenly erase some of the issues that you've had, but you do at least feel a little better about it. I mean, credit to Charlie Winfield here. Uh, he and Bart were discussing this. Gosh, I, I can't remember if it was on the broadcast or that may have actually been on their podcast. But Charlie was mentioning about Tulane. You know, they they started Braden Olthoff on that Friday, and he shoved it up Mississippi State all game long. Yeah, and. Kent State, the game they won was on Saturday, but that was their Friday night guy. Yeah. They had bumped him back. To, so, that guy's a good pitcher. So too. Mississippi State now, the last two weekends, has has seen a Friday night arm from a Tulane and a Kent State, and and, and weren't able to do anything with them. Yeah. So that still gives you some pause about yeah. what's going to happen when you when you face SEC arms on a Friday night and you you face the best of the best. Is this offense going to come? 
is it going to deliver or not? And, and you don't really 100% have the answer to that, but you do at least feel a lot better now. And, and there's something to be said, too, for just feeling good. Yeah. Uh, Rowdy Jordan, he couldn't have felt great coming into, like, Saturday. But he – I know State lost the game, but I thought it was big for Rowdy to get a couple hits, hit the ball hard all day on Saturday, right. and then come back and get a, a couple more, I think, yeah. on Sunday. And now he's – all of a sudden he was hitting, like, 170. I think he's hitting, like, in the 220s now. Yeah. That average yeah, is creeping had, up. Yeah, and, and, and sort of going back to what I said earlier, his outs were loud. Yeah. He, he had line drive outs. Every, State didn't have a whole lot of, of balls that were just like, that's just, you know, weekly hit. I mean, they, they, they put the ball into play a lot. And that's that's the key to success, I think. I mean, Luke Hancock didn't have a great day on on Saturday, but he had a good one. You know, I'm sorry, on Sunday, but he had a good, good weekend. Um, stayed up and down the lineup, had different guys. Cam James, a guy you know, you can certainly understand if he, if he was in a funk, but instead he goes out and he has a, a five RBI game, including a, a home run, which was. I just sort of jokingly said, I bet the the launch angle on that was 14 degrees because I mean it was an absolute laser. Yeah, it's 20 degrees. Yeah, I mean it just it was just a line drive that didn't stop. And I thought his other one was. I thought his out. other one was out. I mean, yeah. if he hits it a foot either way, you know, it's probably gone. So about hit it through the wall. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he had a great weekend. Uh, you know, defensively, yeah, he had a big error on Saturday, but we'll see how this this goes with foresight and uh, and with uh with. Cam James moving back to third. We'll see if that becomes a permanent thing or not. I don't know. I thought that. You well, know, the thing you, about it is, doing that, you take a guy that's been having a pretty solid season so far, Landon Jordan. You yeah. took him out of the lineup, so that's why I, I think this was not something you see long term. Because it depends, though. If Forsythe can hit, yeah, but you're, you're robbing to, Peter a little bit to pay Paul because Landon Jordan had been hitting a little bit. It doesn't really matter though, does it? If, if you're more solid defensively, you have to you have to take that. Uh, especially if you're not if you don't lose anything offensively. And you and you make yourself better defensively. It's, yeah, it's a no-brainer. I'm with you. I'm with you. Something to consider for sure. And then I thought, you know, Kite McDonald. <laughs> Have a welcome to the welcome to college baseball, son. Two hits, and then his out was loud yeah, again. Knocked the crap. Pimentel out of it. got a, got an RBI this weekend. Good to see him. You know, get get to hitting. Uh, I thought Case Garner had a couple of, of well-hit ball. I mean, you saw the depth of this team, especially on Sunday. I mean, they 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 pinch hit five batters in the uh, in the eighth inning. And I think they would have done six, but they had already taken Luke Hancock out, and Logan Tanner had to stay in and catch the rest of the game. Case Garner, who I think is the third catcher, was already in the game at that yeah. point, so there's just nothing they could do. Very impressive. The weekend in as a whole wasn't overly impressive. I mean, they were good on Friday. They were great on Sunday. S- Saturday was, was a problem. I mean, coming out of the weekend, the thing that you circle as the uh-oh – is the starting pitching still? Mm-hmm. I mean, look, Jackson Fristo was awesome, but that's only one third of your Sarantola weekend. Sarantola was not good, and and and, and neither and was Christian McLeod. McLeod who, and, and look, coming into this year, and I still think Christian McLeod is really good, and I think he's going to figure this out. But he's only he only had what four starts last year before the season got shut down, and they were four mm-hmm. really good starts. Right. But now he's had what three this year, so he's had almost as many kind of shaky yeah. starts now as he's had really good ones. He had and a great start against Texas, but that was only, you know... But he, he, that in the fifth inning about got, got away, away from, from him. him. Yeah. You know, after uh, basically his second trip to the Orb. I mean, if you're a Friday night starter in the SEC, you got to give your team five. I feel like this weekend they're going to try to keep things the same with Eastern Michigan, but this is it. Oh, yeah. There, no doubt about that. If they keep things the same, and I'm with you, I mean, I think you got to give Saratola one more start. You can't make a judgment after two stars. And by the way, that, we're saying that now so that it, you can go ahead and get prepared for it so I don't have to deal with your – John, I don't want to deal with your angry tweets. <laughs> I don't understand why they keep doing this. 
I thought Robbie Falk made a really good point about Sarantola. People go, he's just he's not going to get drafted. He's that's you, know, you couldn't be more wrong because an MLB pitching pitching coach who can work with him nonstop and doesn't have practice issues can fix that. Well, and, and, and he, he's throwing ninety. I mean, he can throw he can dial it back and throw 93, 94. <laughs> You're still throwing ninety three. Yeah, somebody told me you talking about Sarantola, right? Yeah. Somebody tweeted at me on Saturday, and they're exactly right. It's amazing how guys that throw ninety nine get more opportunities than guys that don't or something like that. Like, yeah. yeah, you throw 99, there's going to be a team that's like, I can fix that. I can fix uh, – you know that he can get up to 98-99. You know that he can throw 93-94 and control it. He throws his breaking ball for strikes. He's got the big frame. He's going to get drafted oh, high. absolutely. Doesn't matter – it does not matter what he does at Mississippi State. Somebody's going to be like, I can fix that. And, 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 and they it, will. He's a guy <laughs> I guarantee I would be willing to bet anything has a long major league career because he just throws the ball too hard. Yeah. The Brandon Woodruff comparison is very much in play here for him. Agreed. To not have a noteworthy college career and then to be one of the MLB's best. I mean, the the, the profile is kind of there. But that said, you cannot give up on him this – look, I know his track record to this point is control problems, control problems, control problems, and you just never know what you're going to get. And maybe that is who he is at Mississippi State. That said, everything we heard coming into this year was that he had fixed some of that. You haven't seen it in two starts. Right. You you can't just say in two starts, throw him out. Yeah. You got to get He needs to start saving the 98-mile-an-hour so. stuff for, for 0-2. <laughs> the, the issue here, though, is if he has another one, you've got a guy like my vote to enter the rotation, by the way, if, if State needs to pluck from the bullpen, is Brandon Smith. Yeah, he looks he's he, looked he really, my, really sharp. Because he is a guy that just fills up the zone, and he doesn't have to throw max effort every pitch. Like Landon Sims, to me, if you pull Landon Sims out of the bullpen... You're really you lucky t- to get five innings. Well, you take away what makes Landon Sims Landon Sims. Right. And that's balls to the wall the whole time he's in there. Right. He can't do that if he's a starting pitcher. Right. And so I think you got to leave him there. My vote, if there is an alteration here, is is Brandon Smith to come in there. But I think you got to give Sarantola one more shot. And McLeod, I think his track record of how good he was last year, you at least let him get into the first weekend of SEC yeah, play I agree. at the very least. I agree. Uh, and then we haven't even talked about it yet, but Will Bednar has started to got his first inning yeah. of work and looked incredibly sharp in doing so. Yeah, where I was going with that a minute ago is with Brandon Smith looking as good as he's looked and yeah. with Bednar now on the way back. Mm-hmm. Th- those two, McLeod and Sarantola, have got to deliver because now you got two my, very good options knocking at the door. My guess is that Bednar will throw two to three innings this upcoming weekend, and then if everything's good to go, he's back in the rotation for next weekend. I don't. I will be honest. I don't think State's SEC LSU weekend rotation will be McLeod, Sarantola, Bednar. I don't think Sarantola will be in it. And then I don't know about McLeod. The only way it is is look at this. If point, he has a third straight bad start, he he's not going to start against no, LSU. I was going to say the only way that State's rotation is the same against LSU is if. Uh, I think if McLeod and and Sarantola go out there and, and just they're dominant, light light it up. They need to be week. dominant. Yeah. Because, I mean, Fristo at this point, you cannot take him out of the rotation, can you? Fristo's no, locked no, he, it down. He's your Sunday starter. I mean, he is the Wally Pip comparisons there a little bit, and he has just stolen Bedner's spot right now. Mm-hmm. That's not to say Bedner couldn't take somebody else's spot, but he, he essentially got a start in opening weekend because Bedner couldn't go. And, well, Bedner and Sarantola couldn't go opening weekend, and he got in there, 
And so he kind of Wally pipped them. Like, you can't go today? Well, here comes Cal Ripken to yeah. play for the rest of eternity, it seems. Well, yeah. well here comes Jackson Fristo, and, and he's taking that spot. And until he shows you a lot of reason that he shouldn't be in it, you got to leave him in there. Yeah. I mean, he, he may be in yeah. that rotation he's, for the next three years. He's, he, he is probably your starter for Sunday this year, and then next year he's for Saturday, and then the year after that he's for Friday. It, it really might be that way for Jackson Fristo. Mikey Tepper is another guy. Very impressive. Does, doesn't get paid by the pitch, you can tell. <laughs> Threw six pitches uh, in one inning uh, and, got, and got out of it one, two, three. Man, so. this – I tell you what, though, this pitching staff came into the year with a lot of height. They're so far, they're I, I, I know that McLeod has struggled. I know that Sarantola has struggled, but yeah. it's kind of amazing, isn't it? The, yeah. the, the guys that you kind of and thought, guys that I mean, I didn't, I didn't have any expectations for Stone Simmons, but he's been pretty good. Yeah, he uh, got out of a huge mess on Saturday. He ended up not mattering because yeah. they lost the game anyway. Right, but, but I mean, he got out of it. He was yeah. bases loaded, nobody out. Uh, I mean, didn't have, uh, I didn't have a ton. Of, I mean, Fristo, I thought could be a contributor, but I didn't know that he was going to be like this. And Mikey Tepper, same sort of way. I thought Dylan Carmouche looked good on Saturday. I mean, that, just a big frame on him. Back to Fristo a minute, man. If he's if he is the guy that pitched Sunday, because right now the only the only blemish against him was that he could sometimes be a little bit wild too, walk yeah. a few that sort of deal. If he's the guy that fills up the zone and just challenges batters, yeah. I mean, I, I think he's. Just absolutely gonna have an unbelievable season if if he's jamming the zone like that. That's what I don't get with Sarantola. Mm-hmm. Is man, you throw the baseball ninety eight, ninety nine miles an hour. Mm-hmm. At, at some point, touch, at yeah. some point. Well, I wasn't even gonna say dial it back. Well, dial it back if you can't control that. Yeah. But when you throw ninety five plus, sometimes you just need to rear back, throw it over the plate, see if they can hit it. That's true. Yeah, it's not, it's a bit, don't worry about locating it. Just throw a, just throw throw now, what you know is close enough to a strike. I get it. You get into SEC play, and there's some guys that, that gonna, can turn around that, that would yeah. just drill that yeah. if you just throw 95 over the middle of the plate. Yeah. I understand, but to a certain extent, if you're not locating and and you're just walking the yard and your yeah. controls off, well, you throw 95, just throw it over the plate and see what they do with it. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. All right, so state four games this week: Grambling on Tuesday, and then the weekend series uh, upcoming with Eastern. Uh, Michigan. Let's move on over real quick to basketball. That's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. I mean, what more can I say about Welcome Home Beef at this point? I feel like I, I feel like I'm running out of, of superlatives for those guys. The steaks, the burgers, are now available across North Mississippi in various uh, locations. And if your location isn't one of them, you need to be on your local grocery store. If you live in Columbus or I'm trying to think of some of the places that don't have it around here. Uh, What's a good – give me a good North Mississippi city. Give me one that you know for a fact that doesn't have welcome home beef. Just Ackerman. Cool. Ackerman. <laughs> Great city. These are the – you need you to only be have to up. drive 20 minutes up the road. You need to talk to your local grocers and find out what you've got to do to get welcome home beef products on the shelf so you can enjoy what those of us in Starkville have been enjoying all this past year. Great, great grain-fed, locally sourced beef. The best you can find. Burgers, steaks, roast, they've got you taken care of at Welcome Home Beef. Why don't you call them today and find out what I'm talking about. Call them at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. Find out why it's the best beef you've ever had and find out why. It just tastes good. Two brothers smoked meats. Hopefully, again, I talked about it earlier, man. The weather is just going to be so great these next few weeks. We are into spring. I feel like it's here. I know another cold snap's coming. I know that. But until we get there, let's enjoy it and enjoy it out on the patio over at Two Brothers, enjoying some of that great southern smoked soul food, enjoying great drinks, great cold beer. It's just a, it's just it's just a beautiful thing 
It just can't go wrong. Smoked wings, barbecue tacos, pork rind, nachos, burgers, sandwiches. They just got a little bit of everything over there for you at Two Brothers Smoked Meat. So head over there today at 621 University Drive. Order a plate of food. Order a cold beer. Enjoy yourself at Two Brothers Smoked Meat. You look happier. Well, I'm sitting here thinking, You're thinking, thinking about how great it is. Well, I am, and I'm thinking about how if you guys wanted to, you could just have you a Thunder and Lightning sponsor day kind of deal. And right there on University Drive. Well, you could do that, but... Yeah, because you could. Strangebrew's got the Midtown location yeah. over there. So you could go to breakfast at Strangebrew. All Brew. four of our local sponsors you could do on one street. You could walk from one to the other. Easily, because there wasn't like a half mile. I'll go ahead and tell you. You might want to have the car at Humble Taco. Because once you've eaten at Two Brothers, <laughs> if you picked up something from the food truck at Welcome Home Beef and you eat at Humble Taco, you're going to need a car. Yeah, well, I was more along the lines of going with breakfast at Strange Brew, mm. lunch at Humble Taco, mm-hmm. dinner at Two Brothers, yeah. and then get you something at Welcome Home Beef to take Tomorrow. home and cook later. So, but you could you could do that however you wanted to. We need to come up with a uh, do it while wearing a name for College this. Corner. We we need to come up with a name for this. We need to figure out a way to make this happen because I'm with you. We need to have all these businesses. You know, the the, the, the that that's our kind of marathon. There, you know, don't don't run the race. Run, <laughs> Sit down for a little while. That's the hey dad style marathon. I, li- I like where your head's at. We're gonna we're gonna make something of this. I uh, also want to remember Advantage Business Systems knows that hey, sometimes you got to make a decision. Sometimes you got to choose. Do I go with this big business that can this big company that can help 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 me and have all the different kinds of technology that I need available, or do I want great customer service that I can only get from a local business? Advantage Business Systems makes it easy. They say just pick them, and then you can find out how to get both things under one roof. Advantage Business Systems has all the technology you need to make sure your office is running at 100%, but they also have the great service that you come to expect from a local business. And that's what Advantage Business Systems is, a local business. They do business in Mississippi. They do business with Mississippians just like you. Call them today at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. You find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Let's make it a... Let's make it uh, quick here for, for basketball. Final game of the uh, regular season. Mississippi State drops the uh, decision to Auburn. 78-71 is the final score. Game the Bulldogs led at several times in the second half, but unable to hold on. And it's the same story. It's it's missed free throws. Uh, they, they lose by seven. I think they missed nine free throws. Tolu Smith, who had at least five misses by himself in a game where he had a really good game, but he could have carried the Bulldogs to a victory. Now State is in the SEC tournament. Thankfully for Joel and I, they are the first game on Thursday, <laughs> 11 a.m. tip against the Kentucky Wildcats, another team they had beat, another team they let the game get away from. I think about State and Ole Miss this year and how similar they are and how basically Ole Miss found a way to win some games and State didn't. That yeah. is that is the They are basically the same team, and I think you could maybe argue that State's a little more talented, but... Ole Miss found a way to win some extra games, and State found a way to lose extra games. And it's just that simple. Yeah. Mississippi State in the SEC tournament, though, they might get the chance for the revenge tour if they want to make a run at it because you get Kentucky in game one. If you win it, you get Alabama on Friday. If you win that and the seeds hold, I think you get Tennessee on Saturday. So Yeah. And then if the seeds continue to hold, you get Arkansas on, on Sunday. With the hottest team in the country. I mean, just think about it. That's why if anybody has any aspirations of Mississippi State winning this tournament, and look, anybody can beat anybody in the SEC. The issue is you're going to have to win four games in four days. Right. And and you're probably going to have to go through Kentucky, Alabama, a top-ten team, uh, Tennessee, who 
not a top ten team, but they can be good on any given night. Right. And then Arkansas, maybe the country's hottest team. Now upsets happen, and that may not be the four you'd face. But if seeds hold, and that's who you face, I find it hard to believe State could get through that gauntlet. But uh, I, I don't know. What, what's kind of your just overall thoughts on the? Uh, I don't know. It's time to do a season wrap up because I mean they do still have a yeah. chance here. But what? As it the regular season is now over, you know what we thought about the team coming in. You know the ups and downs we saw during the year. Just when when you think of this season, what will you think of? If you took me from what we talked about in November to today, and I didn't have to watch any of the games, I just saw the results. I would tell you that's exactly where I thought they'd be, and that's where I'm at too. Yeah, they're fourteen and thirteen. They're eight and ten in the conference. Especially if you had said, "Hell, oh, by the way, first two games, no Molinar." I'd been like that. I'd be lucky to win one. But because I saw the games and I know what this team was capable of, I feel like they underachieved. They're fourteen and thirteen. They really should be seventeen and ten. Seventeen and ten, and instead of eight and ten in the conference, they should be eleven and seven, which I think would get them a bye off the top of my head. <laughs> I mean, they really should. They should have beaten A and M twice. They should have beaten uh, Kentucky. And they should have beaten Ole Miss. I know they lost by 15, but Ole Miss was playing terribly, and State allowed them. To, I mean, look at the way State manhandled Ole Miss and Oxford and tell me they couldn't have done it twice. So, but that's the, the, that's why instead of me talking about, man, Ben Hallen, this might have been his best job ever. He should be up for SEC Coach of the Year. I'm talking about, well, next year is going to be do or die for Ben Hallen. And that's just where we are as a program. Yeah. And I think they can be really good next year. I don't know how you could have any confidence that they would be good. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, right. Is the potential there? Yes. But given the fact that, you know, in the year that got shut down, you had a team that probably should have been comfortably in the NCAA tournament that kind of underachieved and they were yeah. on the bubble. Right. Given the fact that we Two saw years in a row, basically. what this year could have been um, after the team started playing and then they kind of underachieved a little bit, it's tough to predict that they won't do the same next year. But there are certainly pieces there. A lot of whole, lot of ifs and buts. And I know if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. But y- you've You've got the potential for whether it's Cam Matthews or, or Fountain or, or those guys to take strides forward. We've already seen Molinar take strides forward, and this is all assuming, of course, Molinar and DJ Stewart's coming back. I guess they are. Um, I'd guess that they are. I mean, you got the makings there of a team that can make a tournament run, and like you said a minute ago, the reality of the situation is. And John Cohen's not here to confirm this, but the reality of the situation is they're probably going to have to make a tournament run for for there not to be some kind of change. Is there any situation next year where they could miss the tournament and Ben Allen be safe? If everybody comes back and then in game one, Stewart, Molinar, and Tully Smith all get season-ending injuries, sure. I mean, it's <laughs> going to be something crazy. I mean, to me, the first answer is no. That, 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 that you have to sort of make a crap or get off the pot kind of uh, <laughs> statement here. It, it, it's got to happen. Because, I mean, one tournament trip in seven years, I understand what you had to rebuild from, but by the end of year three, I mean, that, that should, I thought that, that his third year was good enough to get to the tournament. They just lost a couple games they shouldn't have. 
Obviously, he moved to the tournament the next year. He underachieved his fifth year. He's underachieved this year, in my opinion. If you underachieved three years in a row, what are you doing? You got you got to move forward at that point. So, all right, one more thing before we get out of here. All right, let's add another Mississippi State player to the Mississippi State class of 2022. Khalid Moore uh, out of Poplarville, Mississippi, three-star linebacker, uh, rated as the number 12 player in the state, has committed to Mississippi State. State now, four of the top 16 players in the state are committed to Mississippi State. Uh, this class ranked 24th nationally. Obviously, a long, long way to go on that. Four-star guy per rivals. Yeah. That- I think he's a three-star on the composite yeah. four-star on rivals. We'll see how all that pans out. So, a really good start for Mississippi State. And talk, talking to those guys over at 24-7 and, and reading what they're saying, you know, this is sort of the time now where you'd like to see a couple of these these in-state guys start to build some momentum. Um, a guy like Xavier Harris, who that might that might be one that has to wait out because he's just going to be such a big recruit. But Bryson Hurst or Don Terry Russell or even Stone Blanton, who's committed to MSU bas- committed to MSU baseball before he really blew up as a football player. You like to see them start getting those guys in the boat, and let, let you need to start putting together the guys who are going to become your in-class recruiters. You'd also like to get your quarterback in. Uh, that, that seems to have narrowed itself down to two names: uh, Tanner Bailey out of Gordo, uh, Alabama, who has been the subject, if you've been watching, of a lot of contention on the message boards uh, over there at twenty-four-seven. Uh, he has been a uh, a player that has, you know. Shall we say uh, there's been some some controversy uh, regarding his uh, his recruitment uh, as, as it pertains to Mississippi State, and then Braden Locke is the other guy, a three star quarterback out of Rockwall, Texas, uh, who you know his stats are just something crazy. Completed like 68 percent of his passes in high school, and his, his touchdown interception is something like it's basically almost like six to one, something like that. Um, interesting prospect for sure. With those kind of numbers, you have—I mean, he's currently rated as the number sixteen pro-style quarterback in the country uh, by twenty-four-seven. You got to think that that's going to jump up if he puts up another season of, of those kind of numbers. Yeah, you'd like to get. This is around the time I think mid-March is when Sawyer Robertson committed to Mississippi State. So it's not like you're you're behind or anything. But getting your quarterback in the class is obviously going to be a big deal. Oh yeah, for sure. And of course, with Mike Leach, he's he's kind of quarterbacks like I am. Ball caps. I buy it just in case I might wear it long down the road a little bit. That's kind of how I feel like Mike Leach has been with quarterbacks, especially right now at Mississippi State. There's like like 10 or 12 of those guys. You know, just got a preferred walk-home commit the other day to add to the mix. But I know this is a different situation here with scholarship guys and potential starters and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, you're right. They're, they're not behind. And thing about talking quarterbacks and Mike Leach recruiting is you could tell me that's a two-star kid or whatever. Yeah, you don't and worry I would just about be like, well, he's Leach. He knows what he's doing with the quarterback. I really, you know, Cornerbacks was an issue last year. I'd like to see that get fixed. Well, you know, obviously linemen and so on and so forth. It is what it is. But whoever he signs at quarterback, I'm going to be cool with. Yeah. How could you not my, be? And here's the thing, and maybe it's just me. I honestly didn't expect State to, to be in on a lot of big quarterbacks this year because Will Rogers is a freshman and Sawyer Robertson is a freshman, and you know somebody's gonna have to go at some point. So getting a big quarterback this year, sort of the same thing for Ole Miss. You still got Corral there. They know they've got Altmeyer, and then 
whoever's in this class has to know that Arch Manning is there, and he he. I would think Ole Miss is probably a, a favorite to sign him right now. Arch Manning's a 23 kid, right? Yeah. Okay. So you've got another year. Yeah. But whoever the, the quarterback is in this class knows that one year after, you know, my, my sophomore year of college, Arch Manning will be on campus. Yeah. So, same thing. So, the state and Ole Miss have the same thing. I'm not really sure who they're going to sign at quarterback this year. That's why Locke sort of strikes me as the right guy. That, you know, he's not the most highly recruited guy, but his stats look good and his, he, he, he looks like he fills all the, he checks all the boxes. Uh, I would be incredibly surprised if I would have been incredibly surprised if State had like somehow gotten a signature from like a a top ten can't miss high four star kid. So just because they, I mean, I like to give these guys some credit. You know, they, I think I don't think a lot of them do a good job of looking at the depth charts, which explains every kid from yeah. Mississippi who's ever signed with Alabama. <laughs> well, every kid you know gets sold on the fact that I'm going to go there and be a superstar. I, I get that, and, but for quarterbacks. And when Mike Leach is my guess is Mike Leach, his dialogue with these guys is I don't want to play. You know, I only played Will Rogers because I had to. I don't want to play freshman. So if you think that you're thinking, oh, I'm I'm okay and I'm gonna go over there and beat those guys out, you're probably not. Leach strikes me as the type of guy who would have that conversation with the recruit. Well, you know, I don't know that quarterbacks. I mean, sure, I'm sure there's you find one or two that do, but I don't know that quarterbacks ever go off to the SEC with the expectation I'm starting year one. Some, some do. Tim Tebow probably did. I'm talking about the elite guys. Probably did. Tua probably did. But again, you know, he was a five-star kid. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> that's funny. Funny tweet there from uh, our friend Steve Robertson. All right. Uh, so, yeah, Khalid Moore. State's, State's linebacker co- class could be really good. Should be Moore. Should be Stone Blanton. We'll see if J.D. Stewart from Greenwood uh, gets at it. They've got a kid from Texas. I think his name is Martel Harris. They're pretty high on They're, they're battling... Texas and Oklahoma. That's a that's a refreshing uh, change of pace. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. He, he's uh, from the same high school as Teddy Knox, so State has a, a pretty good feel for that. So we'll see. This, I mean, I, I like where this class is right now. And again, it, it just helps that this in-state class is much better than it was a season ago, and State should just get its share of those guys. Yeah, we'll see where it happens. All right, guys, have a great uh, Tuesday, Joel. And I'll be back with you on. Is, have a great Monday. We'll be back with you on Tuesday. Yes. Back with you on Tuesday. We will do that. (laughs) All right. Talk to you then. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.